thank you uh, for joining us today. We are going to interrupt our series on the inner person today. Um, it, we were calling it Hocus Focus, and, and for those of you who've been a part of this series and have been following along, you know that it's been a good series. And let me be really clear about the fact that I think it's a vital series. Um, we are going to get back to that um, next week. It's too important not to. In fact, more and more, I'm convinced of the fact that this is the most important thing in our lives, is our inner life and what's happening in here and what's happening up here. And so uh, we're not going to let the enemy knock us off course on that, okay? So we will be re, uh, uh, kind of realigning with that next week, so make sure to join us uh, for that. And, and I'm more and more adamant about this scripture and this, the value of this scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparisons. So we will be realigning with that starting next week. And so make sure to join us for that. We aren't giving any ground at all. But in John chapter 11, when Jesus came to the tomb and his friends were grieving even knowing what to come, that Lazarus would be raised from the dead when his friends were mourning, Jesus stopped and he cried. Um, and again, for those of us who are guests with us, we lost one of our own this week. Deputy Aaron Roberts gave his life this week in the line of duty, Friday night. Um, and this is about as close as it gets to home for us. Um, and at that memorial service on Thursday for Aaron, uh, we will take time and give honor where honor is due. Um, we will be making sure to honor him and, and uh, to express that in a corporate setting. And I again encourage you to be praying for that. Um, but today we want to stop and we want to take a moment to grieve. Uh, mourning is a part of our faith. We do not grieve as those who have no hope, but blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What a promise that is. They will be comforted. A part of our faith is mourning. And even if you're here and you were not as closely touched by this situation as others are, Romans 12, 15 is really very clear that we mourn with those who mourn. Okay? That's a part of our faith, too, that we together join in this and understand it. Um, and, and if you are close to this, if this strikes right at your core, and from the moment you woke up on Saturday or the moment you heard on Friday night, and you are hurting today, can I just start by sharing Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18? When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Recognize that promise, that if you want to know where the Lord is today, he is near to the brokenhearted. 
And either way, I, I need to start just by being transparent and say that I have no words. Um, I tried to have words. It's my job to have words. But I, I couldn't muster any. Um, Aaron was a dear, dear friend. And of course, we as a staff are close. Kim and Lydia are ours. Um, so we have no words. We had no words on Friday night when she texted us and said, Aaron's missing, please pray. And all of the staff literally got on our knees and our spouses as well and just began to pray and intercede. We had no words as each of us on our own without a call going out began to gather here at Praise Assembly on Friday night. Begin to pray in the pews that you are now sitting in. We had no words And I have no words this morning that I could manufacture which could heal hearts or make this situation better. In Jeremiah 37, Zedekiah, the king of Judah, was uncertain about the future of his people. So he sent for Jeremiah and he asked, is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, there is. I have no words for you. But if you ask, is there a word from the Lord today? I will respond, there is. In fact, there are three for you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Many things are temporary. Many things will cease. And every time that that happens, every time in our lives when something falls apart, every time that there is the end of something, there will be opportunity to mourn. And that will happen in every single one of our lives. So whether you are close to this situation or you're further away, I can guarantee you at some point in your life you will find yourself in mourning. And when you do, I want to encourage you that while many things fade away, many things will cease, many things will end, these three remain. I don't know what that will look like for you, but remember these three in that day. Remember that things are temporary. Remember that our lives on this earth are temporary, that our time together is temporary. All of this is temporary. All of this will pass away, but yet three things remain. And so when things become so obviously temporary to us, recall these words. Remember his word to you today. There's faith. Hebrews chapter 12 Verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, 
the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We started this morning's service by just saying, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And we can look many different places. But the words here that says, looking to Jesus, says that we take it off of the other things and set them on him. Our eyes are fickle. And we are grabbed by the shiniest of things. (laughs) And yet, everything shiny loses its shine. Nothing can stay shiny forever. And this says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus. And the word means look away from the other things and fix them on him. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And for a long time, I wondered, what was the joy that was set before Jesus? What was the joy that was in his mind's eye as he headed to the cross, despising its shame? And there's different ideas of what it might be. Some people think that it's the end of that verse and and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, that what he saw was his own glorification in the presence of God the Father. But that doesn't make sense. If you follow through the verse, it's not saying this is what he's setting his eyes on. He's saying that as a result of those things, outpoured from Jesus' suffering came glorification. It's not saying that that's what he was setting his eyes on. And so I, I thought, man, that doesn't make sense. It can't be that. There's got to be something else that he was setting his eyes on as he was approaching the cross. So what was set before Jesus? What was the joy upholding him in the midst of the cross? Well, how about we let Jesus tell us? How about from his own words before enduring the cross? On the night before the cross, as he gave his final words, this side of the cross to his disciples, he talked about this very thing. Here's what he said. John chapter 15, verses 11 through 13. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. What was the joy set before Jesus? His friends. Jesus' eyes were not fixed on himself or his own glory as he approached his suffering and cross. His eyes were fixed on you. He had you in his mind's eye. And a few verses after this, in John chapter 16, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. 
and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take that joy from you. What was the joy set before him as he was approaching the cross? The fact that he would see them again. The fact that he would see you again. He had you in his mind's eye. So there may be sorrow, there may be suffering, but can I just encourage you that no matter what it is that causes that, in faith, set your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him, for you, he endured the cross. Set your eyes on the one whose eyes were and are on you. If everything else ceases, that faith will remain. But that's not all. There's also hope. In Lamentations, there is perhaps one of the greatest promises of all concerning our hope. What a terrible name of a book, Lamentations. And yet that's what it's called, and rightfully so. In the book of Jeremiah's laments, and he has reason to lament. He had just witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. He has seen the greatest gifts God has given to mankind raised to the ground. God's holy city lies in ruin. And it was written so closely after the city's destruction before he was taken to Egypt. As he's sitting in the rooms, perhaps those ruins are still smoking. But in that moment, he writes these words. Right in the middle of that, he offers and calls out these words. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will have hope in him. Jeremiah doesn't minimize the ruins. He's sitting there right in the midst of them. He doesn't pretend that they don't exist. He does not close his eyes to the destruction around him or try to mind map some new reality. That's not the direction he goes. Instead, as he's sitting in the ruins of all that he holds dear, he calls something else additional to mind. And as a result, has hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. His mercies are new every morning. Sometimes we just got to make it through the night. Just got to make it through the night. Recalling to mind his mercies are new every morning. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And this weekend was that for us. It was weeping for a night, and in the morning was the wedding. And oh friends, it was beautiful. 
How perfect is that? Does not get more perfect than that. What an illustration, what a perfect image of what God does for us is that. Sometimes we just got to make it through the night. Just make it through the night. His mercies will be brand new tomorrow morning. For that joy tomorrow, make it through the night. He says also, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Psalm 73 verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This all may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion. And that word portion comes from inheritance. It's what's given after someone's death. God has given himself for us and to us. He is ours. So we put our hope in him. If everything else fails, we hope in him. And that hope remains for he has given himself for and to us. And that is not all. It is not just faith and hope. There is also love. And this one, friends, is the greatest of all. Romans chapter 5, verses 5 through 8 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When it says that God is our portion, like our brains interpret that as if God gives a little bit of himself to us. That's not what I see in Scripture. Portion doesn't mean a little portion. It means inheritance. He's not giving just a piece of it and piece of himself to us. Instead, it says, because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Instead, he pours himself out on us. He ties the image of pouring. If you see it here in this verse, he ties the image of pouring out of his love to the outpouring at Pentecost of his spirit. Right? He didn't just give a little bit at Pentecost. He poured himself totally out. He poured the Spirit totally out. Nope, was it just a tiny piece? And that's his love for us. Right? And, and, and it says here, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. The image here seems to be rarely someone might be willing to die for a person that they respect, someone who is righteous. But on occasion, someone they love would be willing, someone would be willing to die for someone they love. A person would be willing to die for someone who is close to them. A soldier might be willing to die for his buddies. A parent might be willing to die for his child. A husband might be willing to die for his wife, a deputy. Might be willing to die for his duty. But God's impossible love for us is this. 
that when we hated him, when we were in open rebellion against him, with no way to change that fact on our own, Christ died for us. He gave his son for us in that moment. While we were still weak, while we were still in our sin, Christ died for us then. And, and here's the thing. We don't get just a piece of that. You don't get just a piece of God's love. We, we hear the phrase, God loves us all equally. And so the way our mind works is we think, okay, so God has given his love equally. That means that he must be giving a little bit of it to each and every one of us, right? So you divide God's love by billions, and that's how much that he loves me. But that gives the impression like he splits it. You didn't get a piece of God's love. You got it all. He poured it all out on your heart. He gave it all to you in Christ Jesus. He does not love you equally. He loves each and every one of us fully. This is the love that we have. Faith and hope and love when you did not deserve it. Today, can I say to you, that I don't know how much time any of us have. This is not a game. This is real. This is a battle. That's why we have to be watchful and alert and sober-minded. Be sober-minded right now. Stop and examine your own heart. God poured out his love for you. Don't play around with the most important question you will ever face. Don't wait and don't hesitate. Jesus Christ died for you. Have you accepted that forgiveness? He poured it out, all of it, on you. But Scripture is very clear on this point. Each of us individually must respond. We must accept it. We must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. We must believe that this is true in our hearts. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Eternity is real. Don't let Christ die for you in vain. Don't miss out on it. Respond to it. Would you stand with us today? I have no words for you today. No words. But if you ask me, is there a word from the Lord? I will say, there is. Jesus said, come. 
Jesus said, come all who are weary. Jesus said, come. Come all who are weary. All who are broken. All who are heavy laden. All who are empty. All who have no answer on their own. All who are trying to answer it on their own. He said, come. Hear the word of the Lord to you today. We need to respond. Every single one of us. We need to respond. Let me tell you how we respond. We respond with this. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. And Lord, if you were to explain everything in detail to me, I would not comprehend it. But I know you, Lord. And I want to know you more. Come. Respond. If you are empty, come. If you are broken, come. If you've got nothing left, come. If you are burned out, come. If you're trying to answer it on your own and you realize you can't, come. If you know you can't, come. Jesus said, come. Hear the word of the Lord to you today. Come. 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 Father, we are broken. Some of us are close to this situation. It's close to our hearts. So we are brokenhearted this morning. So, Father, We respond. We say, oh God, we trust in you. Though I don't know what to do, oh God, my eyes are on you. And I know you are Lord. and I want to know you more. But God, today I need you. Today I need you. Hear the word of the Lord today. Come. Come, come. Say, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Father, for every person who's in here right now who's been playing around with this thing, acting like it's a game, thinking I've got forever, you have no idea how long you have. Your life is but a vapor and gone come today come today you don't know if you have tomorrow come today Jesus Christ died for you come he did not die in vain come today hear the word of the Lord to you today come
come, come. Father, we confess with our mouths Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. God, we today believe in our hearts that the scriptures are true and that he died for each and every one of us, not because we are good, not because we are righteous, but he died for us when we were yet sinners, that we yet hated him, and we had no way to come on our own. He died for us. And the call goes out, come today. Come. Hear the word of the Lord to you today. Come. So we confess Jesus is Lord. Our trust is in you. We want to know you more, oh God. We hear your call. Come.